You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Original Remake, and inspired by the new release, Red Sparrow, we decided to uh, look back at uh, another type of bird, or poultry, or I don't, I don't know what word we <laughs> want to use. Do you eat swan? Is that something you can eat in certain parts of the world? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would. That feels wrong in some way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's got like no meat on the legs or anything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the anime Perfect Blue and 2015 or 2010's Black Swan by, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, so this is the first time that I've seen either movies and oh, damn. quite a downer. I don't a even, bit. yeah, I don't, I don't know where to start with these movies. Um, it, I, I would definitely recommend that if any of the listeners want to check out these movies, don't watch them in the same week. You know, give it some time because they are both very, very heavy, uh, material, uh, I, I would say. Which one did you start with since you've not seen either one? I started with Perfect Blue and I was watching that at the gym. And there was like, Jim, could get your pump on. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, there's that rape scene and there's, I I didn't know there was going to be nudity. I didn't know there was going to be rape, but, uh, you know, the nudity, I was just like, I hope nobody looks over at my treadmill. You know, uh, the the people that are doing the steps behind me probably could see my screen, but, um, there was a guy running next to me and I think he was trying to watch along or something. Now you know how I feel when uh, we were doing the Twilight, Twilight Fifty Shades thing, where I was like, I can't, you know, I can't have Fifty Shades on at the gym. I don't, I don't look like a pervert as I'm trying to get my my steps in. So yeah, that one save for home. Yeah, uh, so Perfect Blue. I feel this is a movie not many people know unless you are into anime, because uh, I guess the, the little bit of research that I've actually done, uh, Perfect Blue seems to be kind of kind of known. I, I guess. Um, Perfect Blue was directed by Satoshi Kon. Uh, I've never uh, heard of this gentleman. Again, I'm not into the uh, the anime culture. We we did both watch this in the dubbed version. So should I, I don't know, do the names of both Japanese and English actresses? I would only only the ones that people may recognize. Which I have to admit, as uh, someone who's not really an anime fan, I don't I don't know if I'm going to recognize uh, anyone here. I know sometimes the studio. Ghibli, Ghibli, however you pronounce it, uh, they would get big name actors right. uh, that I would recognize, but, uh, I don't know. I didn't recognize anybody's voices on this one. I also was watching the dubbed one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't recognize any of the voices. I have the list here. I don't recognize the, the English, um, or the American <laughs> actors at least. So, uh, so we just say thank you for a job well done, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, podcast needle here. Well, let me just throw out a couple names at least. Uh, Mima is our lead character. She, uh, was a former pop star, um, in the, uh, a girl's group of three. Okay. Yeah. She leaves that group to become, uh, an actress. And, uh, her previous fans, uh, are upset by this and, uh, including a stalker of hers. So, uh, in this movie, she, takes this role on a uh, TV drama show and there is a rape scene that she has to film and 
Amongst other things, she starts to, I don't know, um, have hallucinations. She's also traumatized by the filming of the scene and shit gets real. And you, I guess in this movie, you try to figure out what's real and what's not. But, uh, the voices of Mima, the Japanese version is Junko Iwao. Uh, the English version is Ruby Marlowe and Rumi is who is her manager who uh, stays with her is, um, voiced by Japanese actress Rika Matsumoto and the English version is Wendy Lee. Those are pretty much our main people and I really didn't catch any of the names of the other people in this movie. It, a lot of Japanese names that I'm not familiar with. Well, I mean, you're the one that's supposed to provide uh, culture to this podcast, so I certainly did not as the uh, the, the dumb American, the Kentuckian here. Uh, I do recognize Natalie Portman. She was in Annihilation, so that's also nice for us to tie that in, although not, <laughs> not many people saw it, uh, didn't do as well. Um, she is starring in Black Swan as uh, Nina, so this is – uh, about a ballerina who also is being terrorized, possibly not. You mentioned uh, in Perfect Blue, very similar here, that uh, she begins to question, I guess the audience questions uh, who or what or if anything is actually terrorizing her or if it's all in her mind. So with her job being uh, putting on this performance uh, of uh, Swan Lake, where she's going to play the white and black swan, she often sees herself um, because she's playing that dual part and, uh, she sees a pretty big dude who seems pretty nice. Who's in this huge <laughs> black swan, like demonic costume. And I think the only time in the film where he actually speaks, he's just like, Hey, as he's like <laughs> walking past to get coffee or something. Uh, but for the most part, it's not him. That's her antagonist. It is a rival for her very part. So I guess you could consider her, uh, Mila Kunis, her character of Lily as the black swan here in the reality of this world. Um, and Natalie Portman's character is not, I guess, without blood on her hands um, initially because she is replacing Winona Ryder's dancer, Beth, um, who also has her own uh, issues <laughs> with being replaced. So. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, you know, get any sort of negative feedback here, but this is what I would consider like an art house version of basically like a cat fight that we, we have on screen, uh, very competitive dancers. And you actually do, at least in her, maybe in her mind, you see the manifestations of actual fighting between these women to, to the death, drawing blood. Um, yeah, Peter, you made a good point watching these two. You know, back to back, or even on the same seven day span, um, not light stuff. No, not at all. <laughs> this is not no strings attached, which we previously did with Natalie Portman. Well, and also uh, friends with benefits with the uh, Mila Kunis. That that's that's right. I I I don't want to think of uh, uh, Mila Kunis from Friends with Benefits uh, in this world. I want to be a little more protective. You know, the Natalie Portman from No Strings Attached was the, the hard edge one. She was the one that was breaking up and breaking uh, Ashton Kutcher's heart. But Mila Kunis, uh, leave her out of this, Peter, her yeah. character from Friends with Benefits. Yes, indeed. But I think that's interesting. I'm sure it's happened before where, uh, we had a, a previous pairing where the leads were in this, uh, you know, in the same movie. But, um, this is pretty heavy stuff. I, Remember very little uh, about Black Swan when it first came out, but uh, nothing really drew me to it, and I didn't really hear. I, I guess what, if anything, I heard 
mixed reviews from Black Swan. I heard people liked it, and some people just didn't quite understand it. And I've heard some people just completely hated it. So Natalie winning her Oscar didn't do it for you? No interest? Well, I'm trying to think who it was. Somebody did tell me that I'm okay without it, and so I just never visited it. (laughs) I don't know if it was a podcast or a friend, but somebody just told me, like, hey, you could do without. And it was just like, all right. As a fan of Black Swan, you probably were more okay without it before you watched it. Yeah. You're probably in a more relaxed mindset. I, I feel like the Black Swan now. I have matured into a man, and uh, after watching Hente, uh, is that how you pronounce that? It, <laughs> is that what we watched in Perfect Blue here? That's It's pretty close. Uh, the nudity, the, the full frontal. I, I'm just going to – I mean, I, I guess this uh, – jumping off that, I must say I didn't really get into Perfect Blue. Uh, you know, I'm all about the, uh, you know, as I said, the cat fight and, uh, and Black Swan, uh, nudity, not so much, um, in, in Black Swan, really. Uh, there, I mean, there's some weird, there's at least one very weird sex scene, uh, in this film, but, uh, Perfect Blue, I, and I think that's my first thought that I wanted to, to ask about when we actually had this, this recording was, um, they're very similar. Uh, you know, this is not a direct remake, Black Swan, but you can certainly see um, the similar process these women go to who are creative people who are feeling a lot of pressure. And then that sort of the job, job description of being someone's fantasy and then that the, like reality and fantasy blurring, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they have people attacking them. There's a stalker element in Perfect Blue. Um you can see how those those lines would be blurred and and possibly like there's a breakdown taking place that you're a witness to. Um, all that worked for me in Black Swan, but in Perfect Blue, I kept coming back to, and this is going to offend you know any listeners for picking up who are big anime fans. I kept going back to this is a fucking cartoon. Like I can't, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's hard for me. Uh, you know, I'm glad you point out, hey, we're we're watching the dub version uh, because at times. You know, the, I guess the acting here didn't grab me in and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it has to be somewhat over the top with voice acting because they have no control over the, you know, what the, the, the physical presence of the character is because that's done by the animation crew. And the other part of it was, I don't, I, maybe I'm just, uh, I just didn't grow up with it. I'm just not totally comfortable with this type of story being told, I guess, through animation, but at times it feels silly and then times it feels darker that I'm even seeing that, like you said, the, this like rape in cartoon form. So I had a really hard time getting into it. Like, I mean, I would just like, I was watching it on uh, my iPad. I'm sure just as the filmmakers intended. And I'm like <laughs> shuffling my feet. I'm like looking at my dog and like, you know, I just, I was very distracted while I was watching it. And by the times it did grab me, it was never anything good that was happening. It was just something that was terrible happening to the, these characters. Interesting. Um, I'm really divided on which one uh, I like more because not having seen very many anime like at all, you know, I, uh, I've probably seen maybe three, four anime movies tops. And uh, this one was kind of hard to get into. Some of the line delivery was bad. I don't know if it was the translation um, or that's just the, the line that was written, but it, it is cheesy in that sense. Um, but for me, I, I did find the movie very creepy. The, the stalker is, is hideous. Um, and I think that was the intent. <laughs> he's still a cartoon, Peter. He, he's mean, still a cartoon, but he is quite hideous, this guy. Uh, but it worked for me. 
You know, I, I wasn't like disinterested. I, I, I think the movie started off kind of slow, but what this movie suffers, uh, I think is from, um, a lack of, I don't know, more interesting, uh, side characters, which you get with Black Swan. You already mentioned Winona Ryder, Mila Kunis, uh, you got, uh, Tomas, you know, the, uh, Vincent Castle here, the, uh, Ocean's 12 villain. A little bit more of a villain here than even in Ocean's 12. A lot more of a villain here. This guy is sexual assaulting and, you know. You know what uh, I like about him, though? Uh, from <laughs> in, that note. in this movie? <laughs> that was a hell of a spot to stop me at. <laughs> I know. I know, but I have to choose my words carefully here. Uh, yes, he uh, is is using his position, position of power to sexually harass and uh, assault, like, touch uh natalie portman's character and he's sort of demanding that i guess she do something sexual with him but the interesting if you want to call it that choice in this film is that for this character who you think you have a read on where it's like oh he's going to use this just to sleep with women that's his thing Mm -hmm. every time it looks like it's about to progress that point he stops so i couldn't get a read on him i'm like oh hell maybe that maybe that is his fucked up process to get the like whatever he wants out of this this uh, dancer playing this part, uh, but even though I've seen this film a few times, almost every time that assault starts to happen, it's like I forget that like no, he doesn't. He just walks away. He doesn't go through with it. So, uh, I yeah, I don't know what to make of of that character. It's not good though. I wouldn't want to hang out with a dude. I think it's like an intentional misdirect. I feel like it's a different uh, it's a different type of power play. Like that he he gets off on uh, knowing he could push these women to like sleep with them but doesn't follow up through with it which considering what aronofsky puts uh portman's character through and the other characters uh it's interesting that that uh, like he doesn't add on but i think it's important because i feel like uh that there's a film he had come out uh with jennifer lawrence last year that i just despised that a lot in the film community really liked called mother hmm. that one he goes all out and the abuse of the Jennifer Lawrence character. And maybe that's why Black Swan works for me and uh, Mother did not. Because at a certain point, I'm like, well, hell, what are you not going to do to this this woman? Like, what you know, what assault will you will you not include in this film? So uh, maybe there has to be some sort of line before you just sort of throw on the towel in the movie and say, I, I'm sick of this or I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, Perfect Blue doesn't have a character like that, but um, they both have somebody that's kind of overbearing, overprotective. Uh, Perfect Blue's got the manager, and Black Swan has Nina's mother, right, kind of staying with her. Woman can bake a cake, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then force you to eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, God, there's so much that is going on uh, be- between the two movies here. Um, w- what I do like about Perfect Blue is... At least for me, it fooled me quite a bit where I think that, you know, whatever's going on is actually in reality and then they pan out and it's actually like, um, you know, a scene in her TV show mm-hmm. and they do that like eight times, you know, like literally and each time they fooled me until like towards the end, I'm like, all right, this has got to be fake. And then it's, it was actually like a, like a real scene or something that it wasn't being filmed. But, um, I think they do a good job with that. Did that work for you at all? Uh no, I found it frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I was just talking about sort of tapping out. Uh, with I guess how much horrific shit I I saw in Mother. Um, 
and then Black Swan at the very least, uh, Natalie Portman's character, Nina gets a few wins in her belt. Like you mentioned, they were bearing mother. Like, you know, there are a couple of times where she, you know, she has the sort of old fashioned fuck you mom. Like she goes out dancing with the Mila Kunis character. Great scene. Uh, she, uh, she tells her mom she's moving out. Uh, after that night when her mom sort of pointedly doesn't wake her up and lets her oversleep and possibly, you know, possibly she's going to lose her part because of that. Uh, so there's a little bit of pushback. Um, I feel like with Perfect Blue, uh, anytime I felt like I was sort of getting into it, maybe getting my bearings and it would do something like that. I, I mean, I would do like what I was about to do, just like a loud sigh, like, all right. <laughs> like, you know, what nonsense are you going to throw at me now? However, that could be a tasting because even though I was thinking, okay, this is not working for me, I could see like, and watching it for this podcast with Black Swan, I'm like, oh, I can kind of see how this would develop like a following. I can see why people are into this. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like every every misdirect uh, is just an opportunity for me to just kind of throw in a towel in the movie. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of – do you feel like there are misdirects in Black Swan or is it so over the top that they're never really believable? Because you have like artwork that moves on the wall and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I, I think that the latter, what you said, I think they're a little over the top. Um, I like it. The little Harry Potter pictures, you know, like everything's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, or when she starts to turn into the swan. Yeah. Like I, I, I like how, you know, uh, Mima, she is an actress and so – I think it works that way, uh, stylistically. I'm just like, wow, okay. It's actually filming, um, you know, a, a scene for the show. And at one point, she wakes up in her bed repeatedly, like three or four times. And, and then, like, in one moment, you find out that, like, they recreated her scene, uh, or her, her bedroom for a scene. Um, I don't know. And the movie's not even that long either. The, uh, Perfect Blue's, like, what, an hour 16 or something like that? Yeah. Still a little too long for me. <laughs> Maybe just not a huge, you know, and I'm not even going to say I'm a fan of anime, but I really did dig this. And I feel like it's a, a movie that I guess on multiple viewings, you'll probably catch a few more things. I, I think it's a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. Uh, even, I mean, I was running on a treadmill when I was watching this, so I'm sure there's things that I missed, but I kind of do want to eventually revisit this again. Um, Black Swan. I, I probably would, but not anytime soon. I think I do want to watch it again. Um, I thought it was actually a lot better than what people had told me, you know, just how they hated it and, and all this. I actually didn't think it was that bad. Um, some, some parts are a little, a little cringe inducing. Um, not because it was bad, but just because of the nature of the content, like the, where she's, uh, pleasuring herself in, in bed, you know, I'm just like, man, this is, this is going on for a while. And then, it kind of scared that, me when she realizes her mom was asleep in the room oh, too, yeah. and I didn't know how close this movie was to the um, to the anime. But I thought that she would look over and her mother was like dead or something, you know. And that was having watched Perfect Blue first, where everybody just shows up de- uh, dead. I mean, uh, let me just—I'm I'm not wishing any member of my family death, but <laughs> <laughs> if I was in a situation that Nina finds herself in, where I was pleasuring myself as like as soon as I woke up and I guess in that groggy state and I turn and see oh mom sitting in the uh, the chair beside the bed uh it may be less horrifying if she was dead than if she was <laughs> seeing me do that uh that I also remember like watching this in theaters and people gasping at that moment mm-hmm. but then also laughing because it was like 
like for all the like kind of crazy shit you see in black swan like you said she's at different points like turning into the swan like yeah. a bird uh that was something that people could actually relate to as far as like that would be incredibly embarrassing and then it's like there was like a release valve where it's like oh this is at least something we could laugh at because of all the of all the abuse that's happening to this woman who is under such pressure and ha- is having a breakdown uh this is almost like a there's something about mary moment you know the mm. fairly brothers it's a little goofy mm. i uh I, I dug it. I didn't feel like anything in Perfect Blue was goofy. I just felt bad for this, this you know, Poor pop girl. star. Yeah. 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 She leaves the, the group and they go on to be successful without her just as a duo. Uh, I think they charted in the top 100 for the first time uh, without her. <laughs> there you go, Peter, just twisting the knife just even more. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I wouldn't mind – a live version of Perfect Blue, which I, I guess that was the original plan, and then they ended up making an anime because the backers had backed out. You know, I, I, th- there was uh, no reason given uh, in the little bit that I read, but I would like to see like a live version of the the story that is told by Perfect Blue. Um, I, I know we get um, you know a very similar story in Black Swan. I I didn't really uh, dig. The whole, uh, ballet part of it. I mean, I love the, 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 um, Tchaikovsky's, right? Is that his name? The, I love the, the Swan Lake song. You know, I, I grew up with one of the versions of Swan Lake a, a, as a kid. So, um, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. The, um, I could have done without the ballet stuff. Like, I, I think hmm. I, I, I like the whole acting bit from Perfect Blue. You're just gonna, you know, I might have to start talking about baseball or basketball again on this episode because I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh no, man, I was into the ballet stuff. Um, I think some of it in Black Swan, you can kind of see the strings as far as like you can see where they, they've put Natalie Portman's face on someone else's body, like right. in that opening scene. I mean, it's just got this weird. But then again, the whole film has this sort of like off kilter look to it. Uh, as far as how they, they dance. But yeah, when that sequence where, I mean, I really like the opening sequence, uh, before you even get into any semblance of story of her dancing. And then I guess where she becomes the black swan, like in that performance, I, I think all that stuff's really cool. Like I could just watch those, those scenes by themselves if I caught them on TV and I'd stick around until they were over. I, I don't know. I just like the look of it. Like it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, if any of the, if anything's fun in this movie, that's fun to me. I like it, but I, I would just like to see the, the version we saw in Perfect Blue. You know, that, that, that's really it. Uh, I didn't mind the, the dancing. Um, a lot of the dancing related stuff kind of remind me of like other movies like Save the Last Dance and stuff or Center Stage even. Um, so I, I've seen that stuff before. You know, obviously it's a different type of genre. They're more, uh, sir, did yes. Julia Stiles turn to a bird at any <laughs> point? Come on. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> uh, you got me there, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say. Uh, well, about you, you're this. talking about wanting to see a real version of uh, Perfect Blue. Who, what, uh, what actors would you have in a live action version? Um, just because we'd never used her before, uh, I was trying to think of like another young actress that I do like, uh, Amber Heard. Okay, yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, I don't think she's. I actually was looking uh, her up. That's strange you mention her because um, for the uh, the rom-com podcast I do with Dave, The Grand Gesture, I was sort of looking ahead, uh, uh-huh. as we often do in the original remake, to see if there's any sort of tie-ins for like big releases. And so Aquaman coming up, I'm like, are we going to do like a fishing movie? What are we going to do right. for this? She is in and, that one, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, but looking at her filmography, uh, when I stumbled across that, I was like, yeah, she doesn't 
she doesn't appear in as much stuff as I would think like an up and comer like her has. She was in a really cool uh, horror movie. Anybody that's uh, listening uh, that likes something maybe in the perfect blue black swan vein, um, all the boys love Mandy Lane starring her hmm. um, is a cool little horror movie that uh, is also about uh, sort of the, the effect of like this one girl on everybody in town. It's, it's I would check it out. If you've not seen it, Peter, I think you'd dig it. If okay. you like Amber Heard. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think I'll check that out. Okay. Uh, so that would be my re- uh, remake is starring Amber Heard in the version we get a perfect blue, but obviously live version. I don't know. Maybe um, Steve Buscemi can play the stalker because he looks like him. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Steve might be Buscemi. Too, might be too old. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think like Black Swan. Um, I, I mean, I definitely don't think I would remake it, uh, but if you're trying to do like a uh, like a perfect blue type thing where you just put it in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not, I haven't really thought of one yet that I think would, would fit. Is there like, you know, is there a different form of entertainment that you think you could do this type of story again? Like not a, uh, you know, television actress or a, a dancer. Yeah. What I would think be another thing? Opera might be too close to ballet. Like one's just dancing. The other one is singing. Um, what what are some other forms of storytelling? I guess a, a musician. I mean, I guess that kind of goes back to being a pop star in in Perfect Blue. You can do it in reverse. You can do it from the the actress that decides to to throw it away to be a musician. Um, I could see an element of stage fright to that. Um, if you're just looking at it from like a, you know, both are creative outlets, uh, but especially like a film or television actress. Um, as we've seen with many comedies, there's a ton of outtakes, like mm-hmm. the blooper reel. Uh, I can see that maybe adding to a woman starting to to imagine thing, or I guess it even happy a woman, just a performer uh, when they get in front of a crowd, uh, having some degree of like just stage fright and having these sort of weird visions. Um, so maybe it's that. Maybe we just do it in reverse. Yeah. Uh, someone, you know, do a really crazy version of uh, <laughs> Walk the Line in, in the country music world or something. Okay. Yeah, maybe we can have Reese Wither- Witherspoon playing her, mm, no, too young to be a mother. Uh, well, her manager. There you go. Manager who uh, is a bit untrustworthy and forces uh, cakes on you with pink yeah. icing. So so two different um, psych- psychotic characters there in Perfect Blue. You got the lead and the manager. Man, I just want to watch like more YouTube clips of like people explaining both movies. Uh, they're a very interesting pairing, uh, to say the least. I mean, I think this is probably, uh, this is probably the most weirdest pairing. And it just in, in the content alone in these movies, uh, again, don't, don't watch them both in the same week. It, it will make you, uh, reach for that. Um, uh... No Strings Attached or Easy A, one of those type of movies that have been featured on the podcast that's a little bit easier to, to go down. So, yeah, cleaner power. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, kind of on that note, uh, what are we, what are we cleaning our palette with, uh, next week, Peter? What's the next thing up that we can hopefully watch at the gym without getting any sort of weird looks? I think, uh, Star Trek, right? We're gonna be res- revisiting oh, space. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that probably won't even get a, a second. Look from you know, unless you're working out next to a trackie or something, but I don't think anyone's going to pay you any mind for watching <laughs> they might Star roll, Trek. Roll their eyes at the 2009 uh, movie; <laughs> they got it all wrong. I I'll, I'll give a little preview of that episode. I have seen the 2009 the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot, but I have never seen 
Well, the only original one I've seen uh, is only half the original cast. I've only seen Star Trek Generations, the first uh, one with Patrick Stewart that also had William Shatner. I've mm-hmm. not seen any of just the original crew, so this will be a first-time experience for me uh, with Star Trek, the motion picture. Not even Wrath of Khan? Nope. Nope. Yeah, oh, interesting. Okay. See, I wasn't on. I, I missed that episode, so that that would have been a, a first time watching me. I do own it, but it still uh, is on the shelf, sealed up for that rainy day. Yeah, I got the um, what, what is that? Uh, what is that collection? That uh, the the Blu-ray collection that you you know you sent me the seven seven samurai version. Criterion. There you go. Thanks. Thanks for the help, Mike. Um, <laughs> I was I was like, uh, uh, Star Trek has their own like no. What sort of brand? I was trying to imagine Star Trek as some sort of specialty Criterion. I was like, I know, I know for damn sure it's not a Criterion <laughs> Star Trek. No, I I was just gonna say it's kind of like my um, Mulholland Drive Criterion Blu-ray that's sitting in the in between my seats in my vehicle. I've never taken it out and still wrapped up too. You know, uh, that one would be a good fit. Uh, for this episode, but huh. you don't want to overdo it as far as women having visions and uh, also no spoilers. about an actress. An I haven't seen actress. It. It's set in Hollywood, so it's not okay. a spoiler. But Interesting. Uh, I would say we're going to have to give you a few months before you crack that <laughs> one open because now Jeez. is not the time. Yeah. Okay, so well, so yeah, we'll stick with Star Trek. I don't yeah, even. Well, I don't know why my friend thought of you know giving it to me. Then he's like, "Oh, here you go. I think you'd like this." I'm like, "Well, thanks. It'll be my second Criterion movie." It's because he heard you were watching Perfect Blue at the gym. He's like, oh, this guy's a freak. So. <laughs> he likes <hentai. laughs> uh, If On that note, you'd like to follow us on social media. We are on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Original Remake. Uh, and even though you will pretty much be talking to Peter uh, if you tweet that count, although I've answered a couple things. I think I, I, I've had, I'm on a streak of like two things that I've responded, like saying thanks or yeah. – uh, the last tweet I had was, and I'm just going to pimp out your other handle at Podstalgic. That was my tweet. Was like, uh, I need to mention uh, Peter here at Podstalgic, so he'll make a note of this because I know <laughs> I know that I won't. So, oh, somebody uh, wants us to do the uh, the Flash Gordon movies. Uh, man, we're just isn't, isn't uh, that what that was. I hope that I hope Star Trek will be good enough for now, but I, I'm sure after the Star Trek episode, I'm you know depending on how that. The motion picture goes. I don't know if I'm going to be in the mood for Flash Gordon immediately. So maybe that one is like Mulholland Drive. It goes on the back burner, but we will get to that. So, uh, Peter, tell them uh, where else they can talk to you since you're the man to talk to as far as programming the show. All right. Uh, you can, you know, as Mike said here, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Paul Stalgic. Uh, if you guys like anime, I did also cover, um, Princess Mononoke a few months ago. So that's, uh, I think we got some pretty good feedback there. Um, I guess Mariana and I, we had a good time talking about it. So that's one of the few that I've actually seen. Uh, but for those anime fans, if you guys seen Perfect Blue, uh, there's a, there's, a, it looks like a sequel. Um, I forgot the, the there's a subtitle to it, but it's, it is also a perfect blue movie. But if you guys saw that, and um, if you guys recommend it, let me know on Twitter. You know if that's even worth a watch. Uh, um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Paulstatic or Rip Citizen. And for whatever reason, if you want to uh, hate on me or uh, I guess see my tweets hating on something like Mother, uh, uh, another Darren Aronofsky film that. Uh, is very similar, but uh, apparently not to my liking as Black Swan. Uh, you can contact me at War Machine Horse on uh, Twitter, and uh, that account will have tags to all the other uh, podcasts I do, such as Original Remake, which you should already be following. So, uh, 
If not, uh, give us a follow, and I promise I won't scold you, because I won't notice. But Peter will. No, no, I won't. All right, thank you guys for listening. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. What the hell is that one movie I covered? I hope you keep this in. <laughs> no, I'm taking it out. We, we gotta keep it short, right? Well, what is a, a blooper? It's a mi, mi, Miza, Miyazaki, the, the, uh, He's got a lot of good ones, man. With, with little wormy, wormy things and a boar. Oh, uh, Princess Mon, okay. Yeah, thank you. It's a good movie. I like that one. But, you can find me there, um, and anywhere else you find podcasts. <laughs> I'm gonna have a really you off night. <laughs> you wanna I... take that back? <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Put all of these in the bloopers at the end of this episode. <laughs> I'll try. Uh... <laughs> no, you won't uh, scold them, or no, you won't notice that they follow <laughs> the, the scolding part. <laughs> okay, because the other part may sound like I don't give a shit if you follow. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.